We are Yudalad Amun Aleph, about seven or eight lines from the top. Thank you. Yudalad Amun Aleph. So we were discussing yesterday where is the proper time to interrupt a Kriyachma if somebody approaches you to ask you a question or, or it says, Shalom Aleichem, can you respond Aleichem Shalom or can you begin the conversation by saying Shalom Aleichem with B'nei Ha'yirah, B'nei Ha'kavod, between chapters, in the middle of the chapter. So that was all discussed in Kriyat Shema. Now we're going to discuss Halal and Kriyat and the reading of the Megillah. What? Halal. No, Halal, Halal. We're going to discuss Halal. Halal. So we're going to discuss whether you let interrupt in the middle of Halal. So, so the question was asked of Rabchiyah. So again, we know we've already established in the Mishnah you're allowed to interrupt the different parts of Kriyat Shema. What about in the middle of the, of the reading of the Megillah and of Halal? What's the Allah? Can you interrupt? Says the Gemara, Aminan, do we say, Kavachomer, we should make a Kavachomer. Kriyat Shema is deraita, posek, Halal darabana, but if you find that you could interrupt in Kriyat Shema, which is a deraita mitzvah, Halal darabana, do I need, is it a question whether I can interrupt Halal and the reading of the Megillah? Right, both of those are midrabana. Or do we say for do we say they know that since the purpose of those mitzvot are to publicize the miracle, they actually might be more chamer. Like we find in many instances that because of the mitzvah, the mahus of the mitzvah is parsumenisa, we're more machim, we're more stringent. Like for instance, regarding a poor person who can't afford a, a megillah, right, and things like that, um, he's you know he's got to make sure that he's able to fulfill the mitzvah. So amalei posik ve'im bekachklum. Halacha is posik ve'im bekachlum, which means he could interrupt. Now it's not so clear. So what does that mean? Between chapters or in the middle? So let's continue a little. Amar Rabba, Rabba says yamim shahayachid gomer b'hanatalal ve'im perik leperik posik b'amsa perik ainim posik. That if it's a day that the individual and Tosfot says that individuals is loved dafka over here, but if it's a day that you complete the halal, in other words. You say the full halal, so then we're more stringent. And in between chapters, you could interrupt. But in the middle of the chapter, you cannot interrupt. And days that you do not complete the halal, meaning like Rosh Chodesh and the last, the last six days of Pesach, where you, you say what's called Chatsi Halal, then even in the middle of the chapter, uh, you could even, again, interrupt, or because of Kavod, you're allowed to interrupt even in the middle of the chapter. Ask the Gemara, is this true? They let it interrupt. Any, and again, because of cover, because of year, you let it say hello, you let it respond. Any Rav Barshava Ravina. Rav Barshava went to Ravina. Rav apparently, you know, Rav started some sort of conversation. He said, Shalom Aleichem. Or he was the type of person who Ravina probably should have said, Shalom Aleichem to him. Yet Ravina did not interrupt his halal. And it was a day that they, was, they were only saying chatzah, they weren't completing the halal. says, Gemar Shani Rav Bar Shava. Rav Bar Shava was different. Ravina didn't consider him worthy enough of responding or saying Shalom Aleichem. I mean, the hope. Again, the whole basis for any interruption during Kriyat Shema or during these Halal uh, Megillah is when you're, when he's uh, when he's an honorable person, someone deserving of honor. So we say that you're allowed to say Shalom Aleichem or things like that. So the Gemara thought that Rav Barshava was a person worthy enough uh, for Ravina that Ravina should ask him how he's doing. The Gemara says, nah, 
He wasn't considered chashev in the eyes of Ravina, and therefore he was just like a regular person, and Ravina didn't feel that he was um, allowed to, again, allowed to start the conversation because there was no kavod involved over here. Okay. I think we're going to talk about something else, which is completely unrelated to what we just discussed, but it seems like there's some sort of connection regarding uh, the people uh, involved, or at least the way the question is asked. They asked the following question. Someone who is keeping a fast. Now, it's not so clear from this Gemara if we're talking about a tainet yachid, meaning uh, just an individual fast that someone accepted. Some posts can say even a tainet tzibur, even a public fast day. The Gemara is discussing. What's the, what's the halacha regarding tasting food? Can you taste food on a fast day? Very important question. What does it mean to taste? So Tosas explains that you don't, you don't swallow it. I mean, you just put it in your mouth. You want, is it too sweet? Is it too bitter? You're cooking something for after the fast. You're not going to swallow it. You're just going to taste it and then spit it out. That's what Tosas understands it. What's the question? Do we say you accept it upon yourself, eating and drinking? And there is no drinking here. Because you spit it out. Do we say no? That the point of a fast is not to enjoy a food. And in this case, you enjoyed food. And there was some sort of enjoyment, even when you taste food and spit it out. So, the Allah is, you could taste and it's not a problem. Um, we learned in a bright mit ta'amet, in into an abracha. That if you taste food, you do not does not require your blessing. You're allowed to uh, taste food even when you are trying to fulfill a fast at kama until how much? I mean, it has to be that basically, um, you know, within prat or you do not have more uh, than your We don't want you to taste too much at once. Meaning, tasting too much at once is, I guess, considered a, a benefit that even though you're not swallowing, it would be considered a prohibited. So this is actually brought down in Shulchan Arach, and it says very clearly that everyone agrees, Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur, no tasting involved. But there's a bit of a question on the rest of the fast, and this is basically the question regarding, you know, someone who wants to brush their teeth on a fasting and then wants to rinse out their mouth. So what you're doing uh, is really based on the skimars. You're, you're tasting the water but you're not swallowing it, right? So therefore, if somebody is, you know, someone needs to brush their teeth or their mouth is, it really bothers them, they would be permitted to do so on a uh, fast day. Um, based on this Gemara, anyone who says hello to his friend, hope no one said hello uh, this morning, anyone who says hello to his friend before you prayed, it's as if you made a bama. What's a bama? Right, what's a bama? A bama, we know in the times of the uh, when we had a set, Beta Mikdash, or even in places like Ashilo, where there was understood a one central place of gathering for the Avodas Beta Mikdash, or Avodah in the Mishkan, so that uh, then prohibits one to bring the private altars, which are referred to as the Bama, right? They're very common in Navi. You cannot bring a Bama, you cannot bring an individual sacrifice in your backyard. Again, the word times were was permitted. But if you do it before you dive in, you say hello to your friend, it's as if you made him into a Bama. Where do we get that from? Shinamar, because the Pasuk says, You should remove yourself from a person. Why? Don't read, like, for what is he worth? Rather, you made him into a bama. The idea being is that you're supposed to daven. So in other words, there's a central location where you're supposed to serve HaKadosh Baruch And by, you know, speaking to someone before you, somehow showing that that person goes before HaKadosh Baruch So like you're making him into your service before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, therefore it's, it's somewhat similar to a Bama. 
says the Gemara Masav Rav Sheshis, no, I'm sorry, Shmuel Amar, Shmuel says, no, you don't have to change it from Bamet to Bama, just read it, read it simple. Shmuel Amar, Bamet Chashavta Lazel, you know, the Navi is speaking to the people, the Bamet Chashavta Lazel, why are you being machshed this person, why are you giving significance to this person, not to HaKadosh Baruch So again, you don't have to make this Bameh into Bama, just say Bameh What is this person worth that you're saying hello to him before to HaKadosh Baruch That's, again, two ways to understand it. Either way, one is not supposed to say hello to his friend before you daven. Again, and the Gemara is going to explain a very important caveat over here. Masim of Sheshes, Beprakim Shalom Epinei Umeshev, Right? Rav Sheshit asks, what do you mean? Our Mishnah says that you're allowed to say Shalom Aleichet to somebody in the middle of Kriyachma. If he's a covet, if he's some sort of honorable person, your father, whoever it might be, you're allowed to say Shalom Aleichem. So if you see, you're allowed to say Shalom Aleichem. So you see, you're allowed to say Shalom before Tefillah. Because right? Kriyachma, in the Mishnah, is obviously discussing the case where it's before Tefillah, and you're allowed to say Shalom. Very simple question. Says Gemara, you're right. We're talking about somebody who's mashkin lepischa, meaning he went, he woke up like early, basically lepischa to his door. Meaning, if you meet someone in passing, yeah, if you meet someone in passing, you're allowed to say shalom. If you meet someone in passing, but to go, you know, up to his door and knock and say shalom aleichem before tefillah, right? Imagine if it was this morning on your way to shul, you know what? I haven't seen that guy in a while. Let me go say hello. To do that much to that extent, to that extent, to say hello to your fellow, that's considered the Gemara says kilo se bama. But if you just see him in passing, right? If you just see him in passing, then it's it says the Gemara quite clearly that that would not be a, a problem of saying hello to your friend. Fine. And the person speak out that the, the issue also over here might be the word shalom. Shalom is, a, is another name of Hashem, like we find. So it could be that if someone just says Safra de Maritav, as it says in Shulchan, if you just say good morning, good morning will never be. Because even if you go over to someone, you know, to say good morning, that would not be a problem. So again, uh, if the conversation just starts by itself, the mikra, you know, just, you know, again, it wasn't, in, you didn't intend it to start a conversation. So then you should stay away from Shalom. But if it's, um, again, you went over to him, then it would still be okay to say good morning. Let's just skip the parentheses over here. Amar of Idi bar Avin, Amar of Yitzchak bar Shein, Asul al-Adam, Asul chavetzav kadim shispa'ala. A person should not do chavetzav kadim, you should take care of your own, um, you know, literally, like, you know, desires before davening, meaning, you know, you shouldn't take out the garbage, you shouldn't, like, do, wake up early and do your taxes, kadim shispa'ala, right? The first thing in the morning should be tefillah. Shnemar tzedek lefanev yehalech, Right, the Pasuk says, So Tzedek Lofan of Rashi says, First to Tefillah. The Tefillah is your Matzitik HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So first Tzedek Lofan of, and then V'yasim L'Derech. And then afterwards you could go on your way. And someone who does this, someone who does the correct order, where he davens and afterwards he does this, will fulfill all your wants and needs. Hashem will place the way before you, meaning everything will be taken care of. So again, one should not really be engaged in other activity before Tefillah. That's the general, right? And, well, I know, but learning Torah—that's that's not chafetzav. That's not your own desires. That's the will of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The, also, the Gemara earlier we said a couple of days ago says you shouldn't eat before davening, right? So you take all these Gemaras together, we're getting a lot of halachot. Again, not eating before davening, not going over to say hello. And you have to know included in this might be you know you, you wake up early and you text someone hello, right? That's also mashkul lepetcho, right? In other words, the same way you can't go over to someone's door and knock and say hello. 
probably included in that is, you know, just texting everyone hello, and you have to know if time changes and you're just trying to make someone feel good, you know, they're in Eretz Yisrael, so maybe that, that might be different, but, you know, texting would probably be included in Mashkan Lepitchov, like going over to someone and starting the conversation. Says the Gemara, Amr of Yonah, Amr of Zero, Kol Halon, Shevat Yamin, Beloch Halom, Nikara, anyone who sleeps seven days without a dream, is Nikara, it's called bad, oh no. Shinamar, why? Because the Pasuk says, Vesavea Yolin, Right, so again, it says more al tikri saveya elasheva. So elasheva. So how do you read the pasuk? Is sheva yalin? You read seven days bal yipaked without anyone like telling you anything. Meaning there was no dream, no notifications. So ra, that's bad. Amalei of Acha Beit of Chiyah Baraba, Hachiyah of Chiyah Baraba, Amrigachim Nekolah Masbiya Atzim with the Vitorah. Who said it as far as with the Vitorah, the lawn and he sleeps in the vast and also besuros raos. Basically means he's not going to have any bad dreams, according to the Mashal. Anyone who satisfies himself, sorry, Saveya, anyone who um, satisfies himself with Torah, Bali Pakidra, will not have any, again, bad information uh, come to him. Either it means, like in this world, you know, no bad news, or it means he won't have any bad dreams. Elohain ben Haprakim. Right? Okay, now, Donald Tigarata, back to our Mishnah. We said in the Mishnah, that you're allowed to interrupt between chapters for certain times. If Yehuda said, you can never interrupt um, between the end of Shema and, the, and Emet V'yatsev, right? So, in other words, he doesn't consider that between chapters. That between the end of Shema, which is Ani Hashem Lokechem, and the beginning of the next paragraph, Emet V'yatsev, Lo Yafsik, you can't interrupt. Meaning, even though that would seemingly be two different chapters, uh, you still cannot interrupt. Why not? What's the reason? Because apparently there's a pasuk in Yirmiyahu which says Hashem Elokim Emet. So you see that like these two you know words go together. Right? Therefore you don't interrupt. You want the word Emet to be next to Hashem Elokim, just like it was, you know, mentioned the way it was stated in Yirmiyah. The Gemara now wants to know Chosav Amr Emet or Ena Chosav Amr Emet. Once you said emet as part of Kriyashma, and we know it's really part of emet v'yatsev, is there a need to say it again? When as you said Hashem lokech emet, so you, like you waited for the uh, chazan, whatever it might be, do you then have to uh, say it again as part of emet v'yatsev? Because again, emet v'yatsev is part of the next bracha. So Amr Rebbe Omer v'yatsev, Chosav emet, you do have to. Rabbi argues says no, in a Chosav emet, you don't have to repeat the word emet. Who denachet kamei Rabba? Hashemi Rabba d'amar there was like a shliach tzibur chazan who went up in front of Rabba. And he said, Emet, Emet, Trezimni. He said, Emet, Emet, twice. So I'm a rabbi, call Emet, Emet, Tafse Lahai. Right? So it seems like Rabbi was saying that you know, we can't prove from what he was doing. Right? Says Rashi, Rihato Shal Emet, Tafsat Lazem. It sounds like, and the way I understood the Gemara, maybe someone of the arts will correct me, but the way I understood the Gemara is, call Emet, Emet, Tafse like, he was just like used to saying the word emet, so he just like threw in the word emet, emet, but he didn't actually mean to conclude the, you know, the first thing with emet and start the next thing with emet is emet, emet. Like, again, he was just like, I don't know, used to saying the word emet, and therefore he ended up saying it uh, twice. That's how I understood uh, the Gemara. Amar of Yosef. Kama Malyok. Oh, fine. So now what the Gemara is going to discuss, very simple. Our Mishnah said that. There's no reason to say the Parshat Vayomer at night. Why not? Because Parshat Vayomer, as, uh, the main reason we say it is because of Tzitzit. 
and there's no tzitzit uh, by date, right? At least it's one of the five reasons. And, but because it mentions tzitzit, Rabbi Shua ben Karcha said in the Mishnah that uh, there's no need to say the third parasha of Krishna. And I know, we know that we do. So based on this Gemara, we'll understand our practice. The Gemara says like this, Amar of Yosef, Kama ma'al yahai shmaitzo, t'chi asa rav shmo by Yehuda Amar, that Ami ben Marav, they said over like this, in Israel, Arvit, what did they say in the evening service in, in Israel? They said, Dabra b'nei Yisrael v'amarta alayhem, Ani Hashem lo'kechem ahmet. They just said, you know, the first pasuk and the last pasuk. Okay? Again, we mentioned the Gemara a few days ago. It says, you're not supposed to split up any parsha that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't split. So the question is how, the, how that works with this. But it says, Dabra b'nei Yisrael v'amarta alayhem, Ani Hashem lo'kechem ahmet. So he thought that was good. Omar lay maimal yuta. Why is that so good? Omar of Kana Marav, lo yatchil. Rav Kana said the name of You shouldn't start the third parsha. Because, again, at night, because we don't want to mention tzitzit at night, but if you do start it, Gomer, you got to finish it. So meaning, it's, this isn't a great passage that you're quoting, or great that you're quoting from Maritza. Maybe you'll tell me that is not considered enough of a start that you then have to finish it. That we know that Rav said that as long as you went all the way up to that is considered enough of a start that you then have to finish. So I'm Rav Papa, Kesavi b'marava, that they hold in Israel, v'amartalim nami lehavetchala. That's also not considered enough of a start that you, that you then have to feel compelled uh, to finish the rest. In other words, until you mention tzitzit, there's no reason to continue. But once you mention tzitzit, so then you may as well continue to the part of itziat mitzrayim, right? So that's really, the, in other words, what really that seems to make more sense is that as long as you didn't say vasulam tzitzit, don't mention tzitzit. In other words, don't finish the whole parasha. But once you mention vasulam tzitzit, then you may as well uh, finish. At least that's what they held in Israel. Amr Abayah, Helkach, therefore, Anan atchulei matchalinan. Right, we start the come metchali b'marava, because they started b'marava. In other words, that's what we're going to do here in Babel. We're going to start because they started Babel. But but since we hold that starting, that what's considered starting is from an earlier stage, we're also going to finish. Meaning, he's saying that because we're going to do like they do in Israel, which apparently they think it's important to start it. So we'll also start. But since we hold that what's considered starting enough that you have to then finish it is at an earlier time. So what ends up happening is that we start, then we end up finishing it. Right? So that's basically, uh, you know, I guess the source for Armenag is, you know, based on what happened in Eretzisol, is that for some reason we felt it was important to say the first Pasuk and the last Pasuk, which is not so clear. So in other words, why, why, did, why in Eretzisol did they start? Right? Why do you think that was important? Right? Don't start, right? Well, what's the point of starting? So it's, and they're not even mentioning Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. Like there's one thing if they, they start and then skip to the part of Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. And, you know, we, we said that there might be a mitzvah to remember Yitzhiat Mitzrayim. They didn't even say that. So it seems like they didn't want to like to be so, at least what I thought is that at least we don't want people to get too confused regarding the Kriyat Mashal Day and Kriyat by night. Like we wanted to at least, uh, we don't want to make it that different. So we read it at night just to like, oh yeah, remember there are three parashiyot, but tonight we skip out the part of uh, tzitzit. You know, we don't want it to be completely different towards two parashiyot versus three parashiyot. But, so since we felt it was important to start, then we may as well uh, finish. But the main question over here is, what happened to tzitzit mitzrayim? So the Gemara... Sorry, no, no, to start the third parashat. I mean, the third parashat. So I'm saying, no, as we felt it was important to start, somehow just because we don't want to differentiate too much between the morning Krishma and the nighttime Amar, Amar, 
Lomar el Aniel Hashem Lokechem Ene Tzarech Lomar Emet. Okay, so again, nothing, uh, nothing too different. But if you had said, you know, that last pasuk of Aniel Hashem Lokechem, then you have to say Emet. And if you didn't say Aniel Hashem Lokechem, then you don't have to say Emet. I mean, what does that mean? You don't have to say um, Emet Viatsev, right? You don't have to say Emet Viatsev. That's what it means. In other words, when it says over here, don't say the word emet, it doesn't just mean the, the word emet, it means the whole paragraph of emet, or emet v'amunah, I'm sorry, the nighttime, emet v'amunah. It says the Gemara, how can you not say emet v'amunah? In other words, until now we were assuming that even though you didn't say yitziat mitzrayim in the third parashah of Kriyachma, but at least you got it by emet v'amunah. But if you're going to tell me that if you don't say anishem lokechem, you don't have to say emet v'amuna, but what's going to be with kriyat So you see the, the stomach of the Gemara is that we do accept the opinion of Benzoma, right? That we should mention, right? It was the Machloket in the Mishnah. Chachamim said only that kol yimechayechaz l'rabot, you know, yimot Mashiach. But you see the stomach of the Gemara is that there is a mitzvah of yitzit mitzvah night. So it says the Gemara, okay, even if you don't say emet v'amuna, you said the Amar you say as, as follows, and then like we praise you. And then we praise you. Um, so basically the way Rash explains it is that so you don't have to say the whole Emmet Vemuna, you say some sort of abridged version, you know, thank you Hashem uh, for taking us out, you redeemed us, you may nisim aliyam, which means, and then you say, So basically, you just say this abridged a version of Emet Ve'emuna. Okay. Omer Ben Karcha. Lama Kadma Parshat Shema. So again, the conclusion of basically that Gemara is that, you know, we do say Vayomer, and what would come out is that the main reason we say Vayomer at night is not because of Yitzit Mitzrayim, because that we could have said with Emet Emunah. The main reason we do it is that we wanted to start Vayomer and therefore we end up finishing it. Amr Mishur Ben Karcha Lama Parshat Shema. Tanya, right? Uh, very important. Mishur Ben Karcha said, the reason why we say Shema and then Vahaya is because Shema mentions the overall idea of Ol Machut Shemaim, and then Vahaya is more specific to Ol Mitzvot. Says the Gemara, Tani Mishur Ben Yochai Amr, Bidinu Shiakt Mishma Vahaya. Really, it makes sense that Shema should be before Vahaya. Why? One talks about learning and one talks about teaching. Right? Vahaya im Shema levayomer, Shezel lomod. Vahaya Shema makes sense it should be before Vayomer because Vahaya im Shema talks about teaching. Right? Really, it should be Lulamid. Vizel lasot. And the third parasha talks about doing because it talks about mitzvot. So, right now, what the Gemara is saying is that the first parasha mentions learning, which is Vidibar Tava. Vahayam Shemoah talks about teaching. It says, Vilimartem et Benechem. Right? So, and then the third step is Asiyah, which is performance of mitzvot. So, it's like a very nice progression, which makes sense. Learning, teaching, and then doing. But says the Gemara, you're missing some things over here. Atu Shema Lomor Eitbe Lulamid Velasot Leispe. You're going to tell me that the first parasha only mentions learning, but not teaching and doing. It says very clearly in the first parasha, which means to teach your children. And then it says, and it talks about putting on film and writing mezuzahs. So of course it has a siyah. So it has all three. You're going to tell me that the second parasha of Krishna only has teaching, but it doesn't have doing. It says very clearly, doing, right? So again, we started saying that the order is Teaching, sorry, learning, teaching, and doing. Says so, Gemara, what do you mean? The first paragraph of Shema has 
learning, teaching, and doing. And the second parasha has also doings. So, rather, what he meant is as follows. Really, the first parasha should be first. Why? Because it has all three. Learning, teaching, doing. And then, This has teaching and doing. Vayomer Emba Ella Lasus. But Vayomer only has Lasus. Bilbad only has, you know, doing. Says the Gemara, Let us say like Yeshua ben Karcha, meaning Yeshua ben Karcha said a different reason. Yeshua ben Karcha said the reason why the first parsha precedes the second parsha is because the first parsha has Kabbalat al Machut Shemaim, right? The first parsha has the overall theme of. Then you get more specific into mitzvot. So why, why is Shem Ben Yechai coming up with another reason? Right? Just say that the reason why Shema is before the Hayas is because of the aforementioned reason in the Mishnah based on the Mishra Ben Karcha. So he's just coming to add Chadavot, right? very uh, common line. Chadavot. Chadavot. First is like the reason of Shem Ben Karcha. The first we do and then we do mitzvah. And then because of the other reason that again the first parsha has learning, teaching, doing. The second parsha has learning as what has uh, teaching and doing, and the third parsha has just doing. So again, those are the two reasons as to why uh, one parsha precedes the the parsha precedes each other or the order for Krishna. Okay, Rav Mashi Yodeh Vekara Krishna. V'anach tefillin v'tzali. So Rav did the following order. He washed his hands, read Krishna, put on tefillin, and davened. What's wrong about that order? Again, he said Krishna, put on tefillin, and davened. What's wrong with that order? Yeah, tefillin, then Krishna. He got the wrong order. Tosa discusses, you know, okay, fine, forget the order for a second, but what about the... Yeah, what about Samach Gula Tefillah? What about a hefsek in between Kriyashima and Tefillah? So Tosa says, you see from here that it's permitted to put on Tefillah, Ben Gula Tefillah. I'm saying that's no two ways about it. You see from over here that one would be permitted to do so and it's not considered an interruption. The end of Tosa says, no, maybe he didn't make a bracha. Maybe he put them on and made the blessing afterwards. So again, it's a bit of a dispute whether one can prove from this Gemara you know, that you could say Tefillah with the bracha, meaning everyone agrees you could put it on. So you are in a hurry, you have like five minutes, ten minutes, you just put Tefillah this is the case, you're saying. You put it in your and then you pray it. No, 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 no. That, that's, not, no, no, no. that's not the case. The case was, for some reason, he decided Krishna should be before, which the Gemara will discuss. But the question is, how did he, you know, technically, how do you put on film between Krishna and film? It's a hefsik. So Tosu, right? It's interruption. How do you say oh. the word? So Tosu brings down, you see from here, you, that's not good. Making a blessing on film is not an interruption. But Tos says, no, how do you know you made a blessing? Maybe you put on the tefillin, as you said, you said Krishna, put on tefillin without a bracha, you said tefillah, and then you made the blessing on your tefillin. Like, you know, you moved it around, and made those, again, you don't see that the blessing wouldn't be an interruption. But what the Gemara will discuss is the order over here. Hechi avid hachi, how did he do so? Again, you're, you're, you're digging some sort of grave for a person. You're exempt from Krishna, from tefillin, and from tefillin. Why? Because Osip mitzvah is part of the mitzvah. And Mikol mitzvah, that's the more we learned uh, on Sunday. Uvlachta chavaderech, right? Only if someone's Osip from mitzvah, they're exempt from another mitzvah. So he's being Osip, Bikfura Tamet, so he's exempt from Tfilin and Tfilah and Krishma and all the mitzvot in the Torah. Tosa says, isn't Krishma all mitzvot, but whatever. So it continues the Gemara, he gives man Krishma. If he gives man uh, Krishma, 
Then what do you do? Ola v'nata yadav, you uh, stop what you're doing. V'nata yadav, you wash your hands. V'nich tefillin, v'kore kishma. It says you put on tefillin, then you say kishma, u'metpalo. So what you see the correct order is first tefillin, and then kishma, and tefillah. So before the Gemara, uh, you know, it concludes, you know, basically presents the question, it just asks a very simple issue with the Brayta. The Brayta is very hard to read. At the beginning of the Brayta says you're exempt from Krishma because you're involved in the Mitzvah. Vesefa said you're Chayav, right? Which one is it? Says the Gemara, Holokasha. The, the way you have to read it is as follows. Sefa betray. The Sefa is time in a case where there's two people buried. So when there's two people involved in the Kfuram, so you tell the other guy, okay, you continue to work, let me say Krishma, you take shifts for Tfilat, Tfilin, and, uh, tfil, and Kriyashma. But if there's one person, then you just got to continue, and you'll be also Gmitzah, But says more, Mikol Makom Kasha. Okay, fine, you answered the Brayta, but Mikol Makom Kasha, the question remains, and that is, you see the correct order is first Tfilin, and then Kriyashma, not like Rav, who first put on Tfilin. Right? Everyone's on the question, says the Gemara, Mikol Makom Kasha, Rav. And to the Gemara, then no, Kibshua ben Karcha's relay. He holds like Kibshua ben Karcha. What does Kibshua ben Karcha say? That the reason why Shema precedes Vahayim Shema was Damar Al Machshuran Tchil Vakach Al Mitzvot. Right? That first Al Machad Shemaim, and then the Al Mitzvot. So the way we're understanding it right now is that Tfilin is like accepting upon yourself one Mitzvah, the Mitzvah of Tfilin. But, but saying Krishna is the overall uh, mitzvah of Al So he thought, so you should read Krishna first, saying, Hashem, you are one, I believe in God. Al is a concept of mitzvah. And then he accepts upon himself to do the actual mitzvah, which is tefillin. Says the Gemara, that's not a good comparison. meant if you're choosing which paragraphs to read, then you read the one that has Al first. Did he say that the reading of Omach Shemaim should precede the doing of a mitzvah? No, the doing of a mitzvah goes uh, first, right? So therefore, the Gemara it says that the fact that he holds like Moshe Ben Karcha would it make a difference? Assume me someone like Moshe Ben Karcha did he really hold like Moshe Ben Karcha? But it's not true. But Rav Chia Barashi says Sagina becoming the Rav. There were times where they were in front of Rav. Umashiyad he washed his hands. Umivarich. And then he read Krishna. In other words, we see clearly that Rav held that, um, or sorry, right? In other words, we see clearly that Rav held that that is the correct order. So now we just have a contradiction. You know, does Tfilin go first or does Krishna go first? Maybe he'll tell me that there is talking about the time of Krishna didn't reach, and that's why he put on Tfilin first. So what's he coming uh, to teach you? In other words, what's this uh, practice that he's testifying about if there's no chidush? I'll tell you the chidush. Maybe uh, what he's coming to teach you is a side halacha. He's not coming to teach you the order. Because again, the reason why he didn't say Krishma there is because the time of Krishma didn't reach yet. That's why he put on tefillin first. I, you'll ask me, so what was he coming to teach me? Oh yeah, there's coming to teach me that you say Berchat HaTorah even for a Mishnah. Well, like the discussion we had a few days ago, do you have, maybe you only say Berchat HaTorah on Pesukim. Right? So that's what he was testifying about. But either way, again, <laughs> the question remains as to how could Rav put on Tefillin before, uh, uh, say Krishma before Tefillin, don't say he has support from Yeshua Ben Karcha who puts Shema before Vahaya, that's when you're determining which one to read first. But Bishop Ben Karcha never said to read before doing a mitzvah. He just said if you have two paragraphs, 
one's reading about Om Machot and one's reading about Om Mitzvot, to read the one that's Om Machot first. But he didn't say to actually do a mitzvah after you read Om Machot You should do a mitzvah uh, before. So says the Gemara, Mikom Akim Kashol Rav. So it's a question. Answers the Gemara, Shlucha Huda Aviz. What happened was is he sent the Shliach to get tefillin for him, and the, and the Shliach was late. And therefore, and the time of Krishna was, you know, it was a crunch time. He was, you know, within the, getting close to the three hours after uh, sunrise. So he had to say Krishna very quickly. So that's why he said Krishna there in that case. Fine. In other words, really, he, he agrees. Tefillin goes first. What happened was that the Shliach delayed and um, didn't bring his tefillin until after the Zaman Krishna. Therefore, he was forced to say tefillin, Krishna uh, first. So now the Gemara is going to talk about the concept of saying Krishna without tefillin. Amar Ula, maybe Gemara you're familiar with. As if he testified falsely against himself. Why? Because he's reading Psukim, Ukshartem, Lotayadach, and he's not wearing Tfilin. Right? So basically, he's, it's as if he's, you know, uh, he's saying something, as if he believes in something, but really he doesn't. Rashi seems to say he's referring to Akadosh Baruch, he's being made check about Akadosh Baruch. Hu. The Masha understands it means Ba'atzmo, being made check about yourself. It's as if you brought a carbon without a mincha, and a zevach without a nesachim, meaning, in other words, the carbon you brought was unfulfilled. The part of saying Krishna, or part of saying Tefillin, is that it should all be done together. This is really the source for, let's say, someone didn't put on Tefillin until the end of the day, or someone's makbir on Rabbeinu Tam, what does it say in Shulchan Aruch? Someone puts on Rabbeinu Tam, he should say Krishna again. Right? He should say Krishna again. In other words, Krishna and Tefillin are, go uh, together, so that's why, again, if you're putting on tefillin later in the day and you didn't get a chance in the morning, you should always say Krishna with the tefillin as like the Gemara concludes. It's Ola below Zavach. That part of the entire service includes tefillin and, um, and Krishna. Is this rule impact also on Avit or on the Yachachavit? What do you mean for Shachavit? Oh yeah, of course. I'm saying so, this is, so Avit, we don't, we, uh, we, for, we're prohibited from wearing tefillin, right? Because it's nighttime, so therefore it wouldn't be a proof. That we're doing the wrong thing, but good point. Amr Biachanan. Let's try to get up to the mission over here. Amr Biachanan Harotzi Shikabal Alav Al Machut Shemaim Shlema. Someone who wants to do it properly, be Makabal Al Machut Shemaim, Yifne Viyital Yadav, you should go to the bathroom, Viyital Yadav, wash your hands, Viniacht Fillin. Meaning basically what this one is going to focus on is having a clean body. Viniacht Fillin, right? So you go to the bathroom, take care of your needs, wash your hands, and put on film, you can Kishmi Spalu, Vizuhi Machut Shemaim Shlema. The Gemara is very into this. I don't know if you recall the Gemara earlier talked about matzah or matzah, right? What was the Gemara say to have a bathroom close to you, right? The Gemara was very, in those days, you know, they didn't have bathrooms right here, so they had to stress the importance of having a guf and a key because it required a lot of tircha to make sure your body was clean uh, before tefillah. So it says, Amar Avchia Bar Abba Mivachan Kala Nifne Vinotli Yodav Nifne. That's the key word over here. Vinotli Yodav Nifne Karakishma Mispalal. My love, Akasim Kielu Banam is Beach. It's as if you brought a Mizbeach, built a Mizbeach, brickle of carbonos. You did everything you were supposed to. Dirsib Echatz Binikoyan Kapayim. Right? That basically I washed and cleaned my, my hands. Vehikriv Allah Karbon. Right? So so Dirsib, sorry, just read that. Um, so again, I cleaned myself. And then I surrounded you as bath, meaning then I did the actual uh, service. Says You don't hold that. It's as if you like went to the mikvah. But apparently, it sounds like says Rashi. It sounds like mash merchatz kolagov. It doesn't say erchatz kapai. It doesn't say I washed kapai. It says erchatz binikayon. 
So because it just said it like that, it sounds like that if you take care, again, of your bodily needs before atfilam, it's as if you went to the mikvah. Meaning, the same way mikvah affects the entire body, so too does this. And they said the following, now we're going to talk about just washing your hands. Someone doesn't have mind to wash his hands for tefillah. Basically, you could clean your hands with other things, with dirt, earth from the ground. That'll clean off the dirt. You're saying good. Because mix of erchatz b'mayim. Does it say I'll wash with water? It says bini kayun, with something that will clean. Komidi demanki. It says I will wash. And as before, I surround the mezbeh. And before tefillah, it says I will wash bini kayun. It doesn't say I will wash with water. And so much to the Rav Chizda, light was very upset when people would look around for water. They would look around for water. In other words, at the time of Tfilah, they would end up delaying a Tfilah. They wouldn't dive in you know, with the Minyan or they wouldn't dive in on time because they were searching for water. So he's saying, just take earth. That's only for Kriyachma. Meaning, if you're looking for something to clean for Kriyachma, he says, no. You should look around a little more. Mahader, you should go. Va'ad kama at parsa until a parsa, which would mean four mil. So basically, it means if you're ready, uh, you know, if you're ready to daven, you should walk four mil further in order to, uh, you know, find water. That's only if it's before you. Meaning, in other words, you're on the derech, you're on the way, you're going to that location. So you may as well wait four mil uh, to see if you can find water. Avulachore which means you're already in a place and you want to know if you should go back, then even a mill, you should not go back. But again, so if let's say you're in Shul and you need water, you should walk at least a mill. You should walk up to a mill, you know, let's say up to 18 minutes um, to find a water. That's what, this, that's what the Gemara concludes. But either way, what's brought in the Halakha is that yes, you should wash your hands before Tefillah, but if you're going to miss Tefillah B'Tzibor, then you, know, you go to the table in front of you, or you know, on the wood, something like that. we also look at that as a midi, the monkey, and clean your hands uh, with that. Okay. Shkoch, have a wonderful day.